starting a new series today that's kind of connected because if you remember as we started out the year, I mentioned there'd be a few series that connect with our original message. And today we're starting a new series called Make Healthier Homes. So the last series was we need to become healthier people. Now we are looking at making healthier homes. And why are we doing that? Well, I'll just kind of summarize a little bit again. As we began the year, and I was praying about 2024, I heard the Lord say this is going to be the best year ever. In other words, it's going to be the best year we've ever had up to this point. This word, I believe, was for you and I personally, for our homes, for our church, and for our community. And as I prayed into it, I realized This was a conditional word from God, meaning he said, this is what I want to do if you'll do this, if you'll do your part. And what I felt him saying was, first of all, if you can believe it, if you can believe he's got something great, it's coming. And secondly, if you're willing to take steps to be healthier in a number of different areas. And I thought, wow, that is good. And so here we go. But today, we're going to begin looking at making healthier homes. You see, when we look at making healthier homes, I'm just picking three areas that we're going to look at, and we'll be getting those in the next three weeks more in depth. But tonight, we are going to just touch the surface of everything. It's going to be pretty fast. You're going to have to pay attention, but no, we'll go deeper in the next three weeks. So here's the areas we're going to talk about to make healthier homes. We need to make healthier homes relationally, relationship, there we go, relationship. We have relationships in homes, even if you're single, there are relationships around your home, and we're going to talk about that. Also, we need to be healthier financially, and thirdly, we need our homes to be healthier spiritually. All right, so here we go. This is the summary of those three areas. We'll get deeper as we go. So we need to make healthier homes relationally. And this one, honestly, this series could go on all year if I wasn't careful, so I have to be careful not to overload you. But relationships are huge in homes. Now, I want to begin for the people who are single because maybe you... Um, are thinking, well, how is, is he just going to talk about couples and kids? And we're going to be like, what are we here for? No, no, no. We're going to include everybody, okay? And singles, you have a home. It doesn't matter where you live. You definitely have a home. And here's what I want to say. For singles to have healthier homes relationship-wise, you need to have healthy friendships, Now, your home, most likely you will have friends to where you live, and you should. Your home is the place where you live, where you dwell, where you worship, where you rest, and if you have good friendships, you will most definitely have friends to your home. So let me just really quickly look at a couple things, and again, I'm going to hit on them. We'll go deeper Next week, of course, we'll be talking deeper about relationships. Proverbs 13.20. It's a good news translation. Choose your friends wisely. It says, keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. And some of you are going like, I want to read the good news translation. That's crazy. <laughs> did it actually say that? Yes, it did. King James says, fool. 
Okay, so listen, who you choose as friends really matters. If you're single and you want friendships, where you go to find friends matters. If you go somewhere where they're getting drunk and stupid, I would consider that a stupid friend. Don't do that. I want to say this. Where you go to choose friends matters. The friends you choose really matter. Single people don't get so lonely that you'll just choose anybody. Oh, I know that person's, you know, kind of crazy and get into, but I need a friend. No, 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 no. Choose wisely. Choose good friends. And I can tell you this, God has friends that fit you. God has friends that will build you up. Friends that will encourage you. I want to say this right now. If you have a friend that continually puts you down, they're not a friend. They're like, well, I'm being critical to help you. If they're continually putting you down, they're not a friend. We don't need anybody to take the devil's job. Did you know it's his job to accuse people? Did you know that? It calls him the accuser of the brethren. He spends his time trying to get in the father's face to tell him, Every mistake you made, how bad you are, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But we have Jesus standing there saying, it's all covered. It's looked after. They've asked forgiveness. They're covered in my blood. So, if you have someone who's accusing, putting you down, they're not a friend. They need to be encouraging you in some way. As single people, healthy boundaries... You want a healthy home as a single person? Choose good friends and also set healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries are so important. Listen to 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Now considering the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. Let each woman have her own husband. Okay, singles, I know in the... Uh, world and even in church circles, it's becoming common. Well, we'll just, you know, we'll just live together. I want to encourage you, don't do that. Set healthy boundaries. God is the right person for you, and when you find them, you're going to know it, and then you take the proper steps. Have an engagement, spend time together, and get married. Dun, dun, Ta-da! Dun, dun, ta-da! Okay. We need to hear that once in a while. Guess what? God has something great for you. Now, when you're single, you set healthy boundaries so you don't get yourself in a position to get yourself in trouble. Without boundaries, many people find themselves having children out of wedlock find themselves in relationships they didn't really want because they feel trapped now. So I want to encourage you, set healthy boundaries. Now, I could go on about some different boundaries, but I think we're all pretty well grown up. We can get it. All right? Guys and gals, don't, gals, don't bring a guy into your house if you're single alone. Make sure there's friends together if someone's coming into your house of the opposite sex. Same way, the other way. Okay, set some healthy boundaries. As well, when we're talking to singles, we understand that singles, well, sometimes you have to room and board, and maybe two guys are going to room and board at the same house, maybe two gals. 
well, chat with each other. What are our boundaries going to be? Even write them down if you need to. Unsaid things usually turn into big fights down the road. Does one of you work really early and the other guy likes to make lots of noise till, you know, three in the morning? You're not going to last. You're going to be fighting. You're going to be upset. So talk and agree on healthy boundaries for your home if you're sharing a home with somebody else. All right? And if you're someone who has a home and you want to rent out or have someone come in who's single, have a good talk about how it's all going to look before you start. And when you do that, guaranteed it'll be a healthy home. Because unhealthy homes typically have arguing, fighting, and breaking up, even if it's friends. Okay, you know that Paul said it was good to be single. And this is for the singles tonight. Oh my goodness, I didn't know I was going to say so much. Paul actually says it's good to be single because you have less trouble. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. He, said, he's, he actually says that there is trouble in marriage because those two people getting together, you got to work things out. So single people, don't feel sorry for yourself. Enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, but I love being married. I tell you what, there is so much amazing stuff. The little bit of trouble is nothing. Okay, now I don't know if that fits for single people. But anyways, be encouraged. Where he's put you is where you need to be. Continue forward and be blessed with a healthy home. All right, couples, healthy home relationships. Healthy communication. And we're going to also get deeper, obviously, later. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You want a healthy home and you're a couple. Whether or not you have kids or not, communication that's healthy is super important. Okay? And again, communication that breaks and tears apart, not a good idea. But communication that brings health will make your home healthy. Husbands and wives, couples, are you speaking words that build and bring health to the one that you're with? Because, you know, it's easy to find problems. It's easy to find what you don't like. But why not find what's good? Why not build up whenever you can? I tell couples this sometimes. Listen, if your husband is really bothering you and you're trying to change him, stop. If his mom couldn't change him, nobody's going to change him. Just stop. He's a grown-up now. You weren't, we weren't called to be married to change one another. We really weren't. God's in that business. Now we can support one another, build one another, encourage one another. If your spouse is asking you to help them with an issue they know they have, then go for it. But you weren't called to change him. And of course, it works the other way as well, man. You're trying to change your wife because you don't like certain things. You're trying to, wow, you should cook like my mom. That's a bad thing to say. I'm just going to tell you. Never say that. <laughs> Unless you want to get in trouble. Same thing. If her daddy and mommy couldn't change her, neither will you. You married her for who she is. God's still working on her, yes. God will change her. You've been put together so you can compliment her, encourage her, and bring her up. So do that with love, with mercy, and understanding, okay? She will never be your mom. 
like your mom. Never. Why would you want that? Think about that for a minute. Oh my goodness. Never. So guys, when you get into a relationship, you're not trying to marry someone just like your mom, okay? You're marrying somebody that God's brought to you and they will be different. So, wow, there's some great couple stuff. Okay, so healthy communication, healthy cooperation. Ephesians 4.32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. You see, for couples to have healthy homes, there will be cooperation. True cooperation requires kindness, compassion, forgiveness. If you have kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, couples, you will have a healthy home. And also for couples, there should be, to have a healthy home, healthy intimacy. 1 Corinthians 7, 3, a man should fulfill his duty as a husband, and a woman should fulfill her duty as a wife, and each should satisfy the other's needs. Okay, we don't need to go any further on that, except for maybe to say this, couples, never is not a word in this category. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Children also should have healthy relationships. If you have a home, okay, we went from singles to couples. If you're a couple and there are children in your home, a healthy home is super important and children are part of that healthiness or unhealthiness. Again, I'm going to just briefly touch on it. For children as well, there should be healthy communication both ways. Let me just give you one verse on this, Ephesians 6, verse 2. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. Children, your words and your actions will either honor parents or dishonor them. You can be rude and disrespectful and disobedient, or you can just be polite and do your best. It doesn't mean you have to like everything they say, but communication is super important. And of course, communication the other way, but we don't have time to get into all that. As well, kids will need healthy connections. For a healthy home with children, there has to be healthy connections. You can't shut your kids in their room forever and expect the home to be healthy. You can't be afraid they might do something wrong and never let them out of the house. It won't be a healthy home. There must be healthy connections for children to have a healthy home. Now, Proverbs 22, 24 has this to say, again, kind of about choosing good friends, even for your kids. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. It's just one verse I've found about, again, choosing people to be with matters for our kids and for us as well. Well, let's quickly look at the next one because, boy, I told you I had to go fast. Whew. That was relationships. Now we're going to look at healthy homes financially. If you've ever been in a home where finance has been a struggle or an ongoing fight, it was not a healthy home, was it? Maybe you're here today and in your home, mom and dad always fought about finances. You would say it was not healthy. I didn't like being there. I went and hid around the corner because it seemed like they were always fighting about it. It's because there was a lack of health financially in the home. And, of course, I mentioned this last week, the number one reason for divorce 
is fights about finance. It's the number one reason. So like I said last week, if we can help couples with their finance, we will save a lot of marriages. Think about it. If you never had to have an argument about finances, whoa, did you get mad because she bought those shoes or because he bought those tools? Come on, guys, we, we got to be fair here. I remember talking with a couple one time, and the gentleman was really upset because his wife was always spending money on just useless things, according to him. I'm just, you know. And the wife was, well, you spend it. No, I don't. I, I don't. And the wife says, yeah, but every six months or so, you get a new truck. Oh, who's spending all the money? You see, just because you spend less often but on bigger things is still an issue. So finance, we have to learn. It doesn't just come naturally for us to figure it out. As a matter of fact, as little kids, if we get allowance money, we want to go to the store now and spend it. And some guys still act like little kids. Okay, we'll just quit that. I just wanted to only pick on the guys there for a moment. Okay. Let's move forward. We need to have healthier homes financially. I want to say this. You want a healthy home? Have a healthy financial plan. Don't just wing it. What's your plan with your finances? Did you write it down? You're like, Bible talks about that? Well, it talks about what happens when you don't have one. Proverbs 23, 5. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Uh-huh. You ever been there? Where did it go? It disappeared. What happened? You don't have a plan. If you don't know what happened and it feels like it flew away, you don't have a plan. When you have a plan, part of your plan is there's some savings for when vehicles break down, no matter what kind you drive. You know, just because it looks good, you still need wisdom in your finances. Can you afford it? Do you need it at this moment? Healthy financial plan matters. Secondly, to have a healthy financial home, we need to deal with addictions. If you take the finance course, you'll hear him say in the one spot there in the finance course, people with addictions are always broke. It's 100% the truth. An addiction will break you. Well, because that's the thing of an addiction. If you have money, you go after the addiction. You have a gambling addiction, if you're not broke yet, you soon will be. Guaranteed. You have a drug addiction, if you're not broke yet, you soon will be. You have an alcohol addiction, you will soon be broke. It's just the way it is. You don't get financially healthy if you have an addiction. Isaiah 5.11 says, you are doomed. You get up early in the morning to start drinking and you spend long evenings getting drunk. Addictions will take you down. Now, Scripture talks about it. Usually it's just alcohol we hear about because that's the thing they had to get addicted to. Unfortunately, today we have many things people can get addicted to and doomed. Okay? If you have an addiction, admit it and get help. Get prayer, but also get help. Did you know the first step 
to getting free of any kind of addiction. You guys know what it is? You got to admit it. I, I spent many years working in construction and at um, some of the mills out there. I met people who were able to work, but they were alcoholics. But they would never admit it. Oh, I can handle my alcohol. Their marriage is falling apart. They barely had enough to make their paycheck, but they were making big money, and they would just get to work, eyes all the and somehow they'd be able to still work. But they had to admit it if they were ever going to get a different life. That's not a good life. And you know, for some people, that alcohol will take them to where they end up on the street. For some, that drug addiction, oh, well, I, it, it's just going to be weed. But then weed isn't quite enough, so they decide, oh, well, I'm going to try this because my buddy had it. Addictions will destroy you. Admit it, deal with it. And finally, financial health in your home, get out of debt. Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Finally, if you want a healthy home financially, be generous. It is not a healthy financial home if everybody is stingy. It's a bad word. It's close to stinky. <laughs> Just remember that. It's a bad word. Being a wise steward is not the same as being stingy. Being stingy means you put it all away and you allow nobody to breathe. You don't ever bless your spouse because you're creating a big account in, over here. You're being stingy. You're hiding it in the mattress. I don't think people do that anymore, but you're hiding it. You're just, there's a, a level of it that's not okay. We are called to be generous people as Christians. Did you know that? And scripture says that God loves a cheerful giver. Wow, that's somebody who's generous. Because a stingy person can give, but they're never happy about it. <laughs> oh, I was forced to. My wife made me, or, or whatever. But being generous cheerfully means you figured it out. But I also found something out. You can't be generous if you don't know how to look after it because you never have it. Okay? So please get wisdom in your finances so you can have a financially stable home. If you have kids, they will be so thankful you figured it out. All right? Your spouse will be thankful you figured it out. If you're a couple, get wisdom together. Take the finance course together. I promise you it will not be a waste of time. All right? That was not an advertisement. That is because I know how important it is. Okay, I got to share this because it's just coming to my head again. This is for the young people. This was a accountant, mathematician kind of guy, and he said, here, I'm going to give this question to you all. There's two people, and I'm going to name them whatever I want. And tonight, I'm going to name them Stephen, and I'm going to name them Paul. Paul. Paul decides when he's 19, he's going to put $2,000 a year into an investment account. Okay? This investment account is a pretty good one, and he gets 12% interest every year. So... Do the math, 2000 a year, that's less than 200 a month, okay? He puts that into this account, he doesn't touch, he doesn't look at it. From 19 to 26, do the math, that's seven years. 
He puts his 2,000 in, but it's gaining interest. He doesn't take anything out. He leaves it six years. And he decides, you know what? I think I'm done. I'm just going to leave that there until I am around 60 years old. And when I retire, I'm going to see what's there. Now, Paul's good friend, Stephen, says, hey, my buddy's been saving for a while. And at 27, Stephen says, I should put $2,000 away every year too. And so he puts $2,000 away, and he does that every year, and he does it every year, and it's like, I don't know if I'm catching up to Paul. I better do it every single year until I'm 60. Who has more money in that bank account when they turn 60? Paul ends up having $2.2 million, and he only put, do the math, 2,000 times 7 is what? $14,000. Whereas Stephen went for 2,000 every year till he was 60, and he started when he was 27. Somebody do 60 minus 27. What are we at? What's that? 33 roughly. Sure, we'll go with that because I don't have my calculator. And all those years, and he ends up with less. What is the moral of this cool story? Start right away, young people. Start now and leave it there. Leave them there. Okay, that's a different song. But anyways, start. Oh, yeah, but I just want to have fun. 200 a month is nothing. Now, wisdom. Wisdom in finances can change everything. All right. We need to make healthier homes spiritually. I told you I had to go fast tonight because this is the summary of all the ones we're going to get deeper. We need to make healthier homes spiritually. Number one thing to make your home healthier spiritually, make sure everyone in the home has had an opportunity to be saved. Do you know how many times in homes people take it for granted and don't talk about it? Maybe it's a spouse, and it's just, well, it's just normal. They're, they never wanted what I wanted, so it's fine. They can be unsaved and go to hell. It's, I don't care. What? Of course, nobody thinks that way. But it just goes unsaid. It goes untalked about. Why would you not talk about it with the person you cared about the most? It's important. How about kids? Sometimes parents forget to talk to kids about it. Have you asked your kids? Have you guys accepted Christ? If you haven't asked them, ask them. And then if they haven't, say, hey, well, it's pretty important. Here's what it's about. Would you like to pray with me? I guarantee they will. Make sure everyone has an opportunity. Acts 16.30 is a story about this. And yes, I've read this story before because I love it. This is about Paul and Silas in jail. An earthquake happens. The gates come open and the jailer is like, I'm going to have to kill myself. Because if the prisoners get out, the uh, Romans are going to take my life. Uh, I'm supposed to keep these guys. And he goes to take a sword to kill himself. And they say, don't, we're here, we're here. And then in verse 30, the jailer says, it says, then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer called for them and washed their wounds. 
Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. If you want a healthy home, make sure you talk about salvation. Make sure there's opportunity in your home for those who live there to accept Christ as their Savior. And also for making healthier homes spiritually, make sure your homes are free of evil spirits. Let me give it to you the way it really is. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Another word for those is evil spirits. Okay? That's what they're called. I say healthy homes. To have a healthy home, we sometimes need to be praying over our home, especially if you just moved into a home. Whether that home is new or old, you should be praying over it simply because sometimes previous owners leave spiritual junk behind. It's like cleaning house, but it's the spiritual side of cleaning house. Sometimes they intentionally had spiritual stuff going on in their home, sometimes unintentionally. Sometimes you or I may unintentionally open doors to spiritual things without realizing it. So, you want a healthy home? If you know there's something spiritual going on in your home, that's a pretty good key to say, hey, we should pray at our home. All right? Some people don't realize at all, but there are people who know, yeah, there's something spiritual. The door's opening by itself and slamming by itself. You should probably get your home prayed for. Okay? People are like, does that happen? Sure. I thought that was just in the movies. Hey, he said we live in a spiritual world. Was he lying? Okay, so just so you know, I'm not somebody who's like, ooh, this is so cool. It's not cool at all, but I have seen uh, myself, spiritual things in homes, and we have also had to pray for homes where there were spiritual things happening. And when you do that, guess what happens? You get a healthy home. Freedom in Jesus' name. All right. Fill your homes. So after you pray for your homes and you're like, okay, we don't want nothing here that was not of God. Any spiritual things have to go in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you a little key here right now about anything spiritual. You have authority because of Jesus. This is really key because if you ever run into something spiritual, your first thought is, oh, where's the pastor? No. Your first thought should be, I have Jesus. He said all authority is given to us, and he said over all the power of the enemy. Think about that. Are you a believer? Then you have authority over all the power of the enemy. So if he's trying to scare you, you just have to say, in Jesus' name, get out. If you believe that, that's all you have to say. This is my my thing for you. If you believe that, that's all you have to say. If you believe you're going to need to fast for three days and uh, cut your hair and then say like a 10-minute prayer before anything happens, then that's what you'll have to do. Did you know that? (laughs) What do you believe it takes? I've met people who believe, well, you know, 
you shouldn't do that unless you've been fasting for 20 days. Where is that in Scripture? Authority doesn't come because of you. It comes because of Him, but you must believe it. So I want to encourage you, start believing for God to do things the way He said. What did Jesus say when He was giving them this authority? He said, hey guys, if you believe what you're speaking, it'll be done. He said, you can speak to this mountain, command it to be thrown in the sea, it'll be done. Wow, that's authority. He said, if you believe. How come we can believe that we can just say something in the spiritual realm and it has to happen? Because of him. I need to get this in you because when you run into spiritual things, the first thing the devil will do to make you think you can't pray or do anything, you know what the first thing he'll do? Remember the mistake you made? Whether it was 20 years ago or not, it doesn't matter. That's what he'll do. The first thing you'll do is say, by the blood of Jesus, you're defeated. Get out. All right, everybody good with that? Let's just practice right now. Get out. In Jesus' name. All right, that was easy. That's how easy it is, okay? So I got some giants here. I know I got some giants here. I got some giants in the faith. David didn't defeat Goliath because of himself. He defeated Goliath because of Jesus, the Lord's anointing in him. You're a giant bigger than Goliath because of who is in you. There's no match, no spirit that can stand against you. I don't care who you are. You're like, well, maybe I'm, I'm a baby in the faith. I like just said the prayer. I, I don't really even know much of my Bible yet. Well, get to know your Bible, but that doesn't give you authority either. That gives you wisdom, and it helps build your faith. But authority comes from Him if you believe it. I'm going a little more on this than I thought I was going to, and I'm going to run out of time, but I feel like it's really important. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody's been running into some spiritual things, and your eyes are open to it. You realize, but you didn't know what to do. Okay? That's what you do. If you're home... It seems like, I just felt the Lord saying to say this, in your home, if it feels like when you're at home, it's nonstop fighting, arguing with everybody, but when you're not at home, everybody seems fine, it's probably spiritual. And there's a good chance it was there before you came. And that's for somebody. You got to deal with it. Pray, do some house cleaning. Okay, Woo. healthy homes. We want you to have healthy homes. The Lord's not going to let me quit this one. I've got I to gotta get done, though, but I'm going to be obedient. I heard the Lord say this, even in businesses, there can be spiritual stuff. Okay? Even in a business. If you're in a business, and there are some things that always seem to happen that just make you want to pull your hair out, and it just seems like it's too much, there's a good chance it's spiritual. I don't know exactly what the Lord is meaning by this, but I just want you to encourage you. We're talking about praying for homes, but if you need to pray over a business that you're in charge of because some things are always happening that are not great, go pray over your business just like you would a home, okay? And I feel the Lord saying, well, you didn't tell them how, so that's going to be when we get to this series, but I've got to tell somebody because they're going to go, you know, tonight or tomorrow and pray over a business. So here's how you pray. I'm going to do as simple as simple can be. 
Lord, you give me this business or I manage this business or whatever your role is in the business. I thank you that you give me authority. And so right now, any spiritual thing that is here that is not from God, we say, get out. And then you finish with, Lord, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Don't leave the place empty. I'm just going to leave it there. We'll talk more about that after, okay? You guys, it's that simple if you believe it, okay? You can read books and stories about how detailed you got to get and you got to do this and don't forget that and oh, what about it? Or you can just believe that you have authority to speak to the mountain and away it goes. Whew. When you have authority over something, if there is any kind of spiritual thing that shouldn't be there, it's trespassing. So say, get out. But let me finish with this. We need to fill our homes with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's the important part I wanted to say. It filled the whole house. The Holy Spirit can fill the whole house. Holy Spirit fills our dwelling place, but He can also fill your house. And in this case, the Holy Spirit first filled the house where they were, then flames were on them, then they were filled. Wow. When we do worship, I pray, Lord, fill the house. And as you're immersed in worship, I believe if you ask Him, He'll also fill you. All right? Live for God at home. You want a healthy home spiritually, you need to follow God's Word at home. Don't just come to church and follow His Word, and then when you're at home where nobody's looking, completely do whatever you feel, and I don't care. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not even going to go to the verse because I'm running out of time. But you can read it yourself if you want. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 3. Just talks about being obedient brings blessing. All right, let me finish with this. Having a healthy home is possible because God makes it possible. Being a healthy person is possible because Jesus makes it possible. And every time I do one of these messages, I'm going to finish with this. Because if I just teach you have a healthy home, but you don't yet know Jesus as your Savior then I'm wasting my time. So yes, I want you to have a healthy home, but more importantly, I want you to have a healthy spirit. I want you to be saved. You see, Jesus made it possible in every way. And in John 3.17, it said, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And saved means to be completely whole in every area. What am I talking about? Listen, if you've never prayed and asked Christ to forgive you and come into your heart, you're not saved. You see, Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. You see, each and every person came under sin because of what happened with Adam and Eve, and there was a break between us and the Heavenly Father. And without Jesus' blood shed and without us accepting that forgiveness, heaven will not be our home. So if you're here tonight and you've never prayed to ask Christ in your heart, do it tonight. And we're going to make opportunity in case there's one. You see, he said, 
Use your mouth. So we just say a prayer that allows people to use their mouth what they're already feeling right here. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I'm going to ask all of you to join me for that one who may not have done this yet and needs to tonight. So say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Set me free. I thank you. I am saved. Amen.